Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Hello and welcome to The World in 10, the big news stories of the day explained and analysed by The Times of London. Today with Rebecca Myers and James Hansen. On today's episode, Pakistan warns of serious consequences after Iran kills two children in a missile attack supposedly meant to target militants. A major diplomatic row has broken out between Pakistan and Iran. It's after Iran launched drone attacks on Pakistani territory, claiming they were directed at militant Sunnis. However, Pakistan says the strikes killed two children, a six-year-old girl and an 11-month-old boy. Let's find out more with The Times correspondent Richard Spencer. Hi, Richard. Hi, James. Can you just talk us through what happened with these strikes? So what we've seen last night is a strike by um, the Iranian Revolutionary Guard on what it said was a base for a terrorist group called Jaysh al-Adol, which Army of Justice. That is a real group. It's a Balochi separatist movement that also has a Sunni Islamist angle to it as well. Balochistan is a ethnic area that we will find Balochs or Balochis in Iran, in Pakistan and Afghanistan, but particularly in Iran and Pakistan, they are fighting for more autonomy. And this group has been uh, responsible for terrorist attacks, no doubt about that, attacks on police and indeed civilians in some cases in Iran. The question is, given that Pakistan also regards it as a threat, allegedly, and Pakistan and Iran have pretty good relations generally, why Iran carried out this attack without notifying Pakistan first? I think that's what's infuriated Pakistan. It also has to be said that according to the uh, this group, Jaysh al-Adol itself, the house it hit is not a base, but a house where the wives and children of members of the group live, and the two deaths were of, a, were of two children, one aged six and one aged uh, just under one. And Pakistan has warned Iran of serious consequences. What could those be? I suspect those serious consequences will be diplomatic and possibly trade-wise as well. There's a long-running dispute about an oil pipeline, for example. Iran has wanted Pakistan to complete an, an oil pipeline between the two countries. Pakistan is kind of torn because it's both an ally of America, but also has has quite a difficult relationship with America and is sometimes reaches out to countries in the region that are not friendly to America, like Iran. And of course, it has close relations with the Taliban in Afghanistan. So Pakistan has a very complex politics and a very complex role in the local geopolitics. So um, pressing that particular button by Iran looks like a possibly unwise move if it just uh, drives Pakistan back towards America. Richard, thank you. That's the Times correspondent Richard Spencer. 
Last spring, Canada started burning, and it didn't stop for six months. Animals were incinerated, towns were evacuated, and hundreds of miles to the south, a hospital in Boston saw a huge spike in visits for eczema. Now, scientists at Harvard Medical School say they've demonstrated a link between air pollution caused by wildfires and skin problems. Tom Whipple is The Times' science editor, and he's been writing about this. Hi, Tom. Hi, Rebecca. Tell us a bit more about this story. So this is a scientific paper. It started with a dermatologist who was working um, in Boston during the summer of last year. What she saw was a a huge rise in people turning up with flare-ups in their eczema, and she kind of wondered why. Now, there's a known link between air pollution and skin problems. It doesn't get as much coverage as the link between air pollution and respiratory problems, which are kind of more obvious why they'd happen, but it's there. And she wanted to look into this. And last summer, there were record-breaking wildfires 400 miles away in Canada. And she wondered whether this was linked. And what they did was they got two data sets. They got a data set on people presenting with problems in their skin complaints, particularly dermatitis, eczema, things like that. And they got the carbon monoxide levels. Carbon monoxide is itself potentially a skin irritant, but it's also a proxy for what's going on. And they they knew that this plume of smoke was making it as far as Boston. So she looked in data and said, are these anecdotal effects that I'm seeing in my in my clinic actually validated and it's it's odd i very very rarely in science do you see things this clear in the data and and what you saw was the previous august there were about 20 people turned up with fit, fitting their criteria for you know sudden acute flare-ups of eczema and dermatitis in the subsequent september the carbon monoxide levels had tripled and the presentations of dermatitis, which of course is the tip of the iceberg. This is the people who are acute and and need to go to hospital. But the presentations of them were eightfold up. It was about 160. So it was a very, very clear spike in one thing that matched a spike in another thing. And obviously, this is a way of showing and helping to validate a link between pollution and skin problems. Thanks, Tom. That's Tom Whipple, science editor for The Times. Now, here's an amazing story. A river in France has been found to contain a huge number of rare gems. They're sapphires, and they've been discovered in the Auvergne region, but the race to make a profit out of them has turned pretty nasty. Adam Sage has been writing about this for The Times, and he picks up the story. An amateur mineralogist was walking along a very small river in the Auvergne region of central France in 2016 when he spotted something gleaming in the riverbed looked at it and it turned out to be a sapphire and he looked some more and he found others and others and others and realized that he'd come across what is being called a river of sapphires and it was kept secret for quite a while for obvious reasons that they didn't want uh, everyone descending on it turning into sort of wild west of sapphire hunters but it did come out of course eventually in a local newspaper and that wild west absolutely happened with people coming down There was violence and fights and people acting illegally until a couple of years ago 
when a local farmer whose land goes along the edge of the river decided to regulate it all and determine his right to the sapphires. And he created a company that looks for and, and sells the sapphires. Now, in practice, what happens is that the gem hunters, they still gem hunt, but they sign contracts with his company and they split the proceeds. And we're talking millions of euros, really, worth of sapphires in the bottom of this river. Now, when the company was created, everyone locally thought that that was going to bring peace to what had been a pretty violent practices for a few years. Unfortunately, it hasn't because gem hunters are still coming and hunting illegally without signing contracts with the farmer. Some are even creating sort of little secret hiding places dug under the leaves by the river bank so they can hide and then pop out and go and look for the gems. Added to which one of the neighbours has now gone to court because he claims that some of the sapphires at least are on his bit of the river. So there's now a minefield of legal lawsuits going on between locals to determine who have the right to the gems in addition to lots of people still turning up trying to find them. Can you recognise this voice? You just can't get this out here anymore. You can't buy uh, big pieces of land, uh, especially in Amagansett, um, that I know of. And uh, I've always loved it here. Uh, we've got all this open land here in reserve. The meadow in the front of my property is in reserve. It's a very, very uh, low-density area. That's the actor Alec Baldwin, not in a trailer for a new movie or TV show he's filming, but in a real estate agent advert for his house. He's trying to sell his amazing five-bedroom, nine-bathroom modern farmhouse mansion in the Hamptons, and he's giving the agents a helping hand by promoting it. It's got a pool, a wine-tasting room, a library, and the house is on the market for $19 million, but it was originally valued at $29 million in September 2022, so I think that's technically a bargain. Just about. He says he (laughs) fell in love with the Hamptons the moment he came and has owned the house since 1995. No news, though, on why he's chosen to sell it now. Come down and say it to my face. That's what Novak Djokovic said to a heckler in the crowd during his latest match at the Australian Open. The world number one confronted the rowdy supporter during his victory over Sydney-born Alexei Popperin. Djokovic is attempting to win the tournament for a record-extending 11th time. Don't forget, you can get more on these stories at thetimes.co.uk or on the app with your digital subscription. And keep your eyes peeled for a brilliant piece from our New York correspondent, Will Pavia, about how privacy booths are making workplaces boring and putting an end to office gossip. Now, I have to say, I really disagree with that (laughs) premise. I love them, and I actually think the only problem is we don't have enough. I don't know, James, where do you stand on... I like them too, and, and we do not have enough we have them in the times offices here in london and you're right we don't have enough but but maybe it does kill off office gossip and maybe will can persuade us that we need fewer not more (laughs) only one way to find out thank you for taking 10 minutes to stay on top of the world with the help of the times of london see you tomorrow even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.